This is Carrie the Lantern. Today I'll be telling the story of a boy who just wanted to fly. Girly. A white, white boy with red, red hair lived on the same street as the candy store across from the Catholic grade school. He didn't have to go far, but he was always rushing, always in a hurry or running. When he wasn't running, he walked on his toes, always fast, his arms airborne, gesturing, his elbows bent, his hands nearly hitting his shoulders. His shiny blue eyes were round and big. His skin shone white with freckles and he looked anxious or nervous or flat out frightened. I know that look now. From scared animals, cornered people, and the feeling in my stomach when a truly awful thing happens. It's fight or flight and frozen, all mixed up with shattered nerves. Why was he so frightened? Because he was bullied every single day. Because the mixture of red and white that was mouth-watering at the candy store in peppermints and striped gum and hard candy was not tolerated just across the street in the schoolyard. Girls playing double dutch. Boys banging into each other or making fun of people walking by. And so he ran. And they pummeled him with words and pushes like a fraternity hazing every damn day. And they gave him a nickname to stick the knife in. Girly. Maybe it was funny to someone somewhere in the cement playground with no swings when they first thought of it and yelled it. And then it became two cretins and so on and so on until he ran into the building early for cover. Girly. Girly. Are you a girl? You walk like a girl. He was girly because of his walk and his larger-than-usual hips and because he was, whatever being girly means, because the nuns would call all the girls girly, too, when they were in trouble. It was always, listen, girly, or stand up, girly, or get up here, girly. And so girly must have always felt like he was in trouble for being born girly. And I remember how he would look around for help, but there wasn't any. And, if I passed him in the hallway, alone, I could look at him, and he wouldn't go faster. Because I wasn't tough. I wasn't tough enough to taunt him, and I wasn't tough enough to stick up for him. I was just a geek, turning ropes, trying to jump away energy before hours of sitting still. So, when people pulled my hair, or hit me with a scrunched-up piece of paper... I knew I was lucky, because no one was threatening to beat me up in the bathroom or trip me down the stairs. Girly was the unlucky one. But he kept coming to class. I used to see him flailing through the creeps as if movement alone could save him. The cross on the doorway and the statue of the saint just stood there too as he ran up the steps, not once putting a force field around him or making him invisible so he could just walk in and sit down and open his copybook and stare out the window like the rest of us. I wondered why everyone hated his hair color so much. Everyone loved girls with red hair color, except Girly. And everyone loved Ziggy Stardust, but Ziggy never ran. He strutted 
and his hips weren't a couple inches too big. So something was deemed wrong with Garley and all the other girls. As we hit puberty, our breasts and hips would also be objects of unwanted touching and taunting and talk. Some of us had brothers and friends to protect us, but not Garley, because that would make you the kind of freak that couldn't be a pop star. Garley was a circus act when circus wasn't cool. His hair was clown red, and he kept them all laughing as he ran around on his legs that stood in for a tricycle, his hips a wheelbarrow. It was like he had a follow spot on each perceived flaw. And it wasn't just Garley's hair that was different, or his hips, or the way he moved his arms. It was knowing that he was different, and the only one in our school like him. He was LGBTQ, but we didn't know what that was yet. Only that he was different. And deep down, under his tears and red blushing embarrassment, he somehow posed a threat to kids who knew so little about the world. We knew alcoholic parents and creepy priests and nuns who labeled us brazen or a dummy and hit us with rulers. Some of us even knew about sex abuse and domestic violence, but were so afraid of not being a TV family, we hid it. Sure, we all knew who had a stumbling drunk dad or a relative in jail and who stole candy at the candy store or pocketed an extra orange drink at recess. Gurley was the one we didn't know. Our gay parents and clergy and family members and a few neighbors were deep in the closet. There were no nightclubs, only corner bars. There were no dance parties, only the kid across the street headbanging alone for hours to the same record. We didn't diagnose him, we just thought he loved that record. Our role models were older kids on street corners. They seemed calm and high, but they were not a mystery. We knew they'd get pregnant, maybe married, some would move, and some would never leave the block. But Gurley, we didn't know. If he wasn't like us, what was he? Was he an alien? The boy who fell to earth? Why did those boys torture him? It was like they wanted to disappear him, to cull him, to shame him into being what they were, knife-throwing tough boys whose dads punched them or were too worn out to do anything with them, who had no sports teams to join or art classes where you could draw outside the lines. There was no place to shine except in the schoolyard arena, and lions they became. Some found gangs and sold drugs, some found an older Fagin to teach them to steal. Some came out unscathed, and some probably came out long after they forgot the hatred they threw like knives at their more obvious comrade in orientation, the circus boy who came to town, but wouldn't leave as fast as they wanted him to because he made them wonder. And wonder was so girly. After years of running, Garley stopped coming to school. He had leukemia. Maybe it had nothing to do with the bullying, the smirky laughs, and the outright hatred. But I wonder. Why the red-haired child who didn't walk like a sharpshooter or fight like a gangster 
and whose arms were always trying to fly away, had to suffer even more before he finally got to take off. I know that when you see a cardinal bird, angels are near. I think of Gurley, flapping his wings, doing his thing, far above the lions below. Thinking back to a frightened tween who never got to find his tribe, I also think of the preteens and teenagers being cyberbullied today. Misdirected peers, experienced manipulators, and outright haters, often hiding behind avatars, attack in our modern arena. These disturbed and cowardly lions can drive young victims into isolation, dangerous and desperate acts, and sexual trafficking. Keep the serious consequences of bullying in mind and in your conversations with young people. Share bullying stories you know of or experienced and be ready to listen to their stories, be they dealing with or participating in these behaviors. Be there and aware and learn the signs and symptoms of bullying, both on and offline. Organizations for help include Stomp Out Bullying, the Trevor Project, Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation, Polaris Project, and Kind Campaign. I've also included lists of books and films that deal with bullying. Everyone deserves support, encouragement, and protection as they overcome obstacles like bullies and build resilience into their life story. I wish I had known this in grade school. Thanks for listening to Carry the Lantern. Be kind and teach others to be kind with words and by example. Love, Eleanor. Mm-hmm.